everybody, and welcome to What's Up With That Bro. It's the show where we're watching Lost Backwards from the last episode of the first episode, or as we like to say, we have to go backwards with uh, Chad Wago, one of our hosts. He's never seen Lost before. Thank you, David K. Jones, for that introduction. I have never watched Lost except for when we're recording this podcast. AJ, please introduce yourself. Thank you. Um, if you guys are wondering, we did replace Chad with a totally robotic Chad. So now it's just David K. Jones, myself, and a uh, robot Chad. And me, Wagobot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Wagobot. So like, uh, like Wagobot, I just introduced, my name is AJ Nieves. I'm another one of your bros on the show. And this week we're considering Lost Season 3 um, through the Looking Glass Part 1. Uh, basically, we still are tracking Jack and the castaways of the begin efforts to make contact with Naomi's ship. Charlie is trapped in the uh, Looking Glass station and is being held by Bonnie and one other. And uh, we also have Ben, Mikhail, and a few others in the mix. But it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty dense episode. It's the beginning of our finale. Yeah, and we also have uh, a lock waking up in the uh, the pit of bodies. Oh man, that yeah. was terrible. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Uh, Wagobot, what is your general feeling about Locke waking up in a in a pit full of bodies? I had almost forgotten that Locke was a character. <laughs> in both the last episode and this one, he ended up only coming in towards the end. Oh my god, that was so sweet. Like, I just, I want to listen to the rest of the, those sweet uh, yeah. auto-tune tones <laughs> of the uh, of the one and only Wagobot. <laughs> But um, Am I supposed to do this for the whole podcast? <laughs> if you do this for the whole podcast, I will give you one American dollar. Ooh. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to have to make that an IOU. I do not carry <laughs> cash on me. <laughs> I'm a plastic man. All plastic, that's what you tell the Filipinos that want donations. <laughs> That came off a little more racist than I planned. <laughs> oh, that's um, no problem. Yeah. You can do no wrong in our eyes, Wagobot. Yeah. Well, robots can't be racist. <laughs> yeah, you guys would have a race. Yeah. Unless... Also, I'm going to remind the uh, the audience that none of us are white guys. So, so. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's that's also yeah. That's <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. All right. So Jack finds a. Uh, a Jeremy Bentham obituary on the plane. That's our opening scene. He's just kind of got that class. Yeah. And he finds the obituary, gets very sad, and tries to jump off a bridge to his death. Oh, here's, here's the thing that I'm kind of curious about. How the fuck did he know who Jeremy Bentham was? Had he got a previous... A previous Oh, you know what? Um, Locke did come and see them, right? We, we find that out yeah. in season four. Um, did he introduce himself as, Hello, I'm Jeremy Bentham. That's a good question. <laughs> you know what? I, please keep going with that microphone. Yeah. I mean, oh. he, he had the uh, the passport that said Jeremy Bentham. And 
And I think that was his ID. Like when he got into that car accident, that's when Jack saw him in the hospital. So he was checked oh. in as Jeremy Bentham there. That's right. And I think at other times he had identified himself to this is, whatever gatekeepers were in the way for him to find the rest of the Oceanic Six. Right, right. This is after the murder of, of Matthew Abaddon, right? Is yeah. that when Jack meets the John Locke who's masquerading as Jeremy Bentham? Yeah, because everything that happens in that the Jeremy Bentham episode is, has happened before this part of the show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, that, was, that was still kind of interesting. Here's... A question that I have. Now, we... Is Jacob the one that's responsible for this car accident on the bridge? Or is it just... Is it a happy accident? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it was a happy accident. Jack supposedly pulled a kid out of a car, a, a burning wreckage, and then pulled a woman, her the kid's mom, out of the car, too. Yeah, and broke her back. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? That <laughs> maybe might is, be a happy... We have to go back and watch it, but I'm pretty sure when he was climbing up on that ridge railing, he was standing on a crack. Yeah. And thus broke that mother's back. That, I, you know what? I'm not even going to watch that episode again. I'm just going to take that as canon and believe that that's take what happened. Take it as gospel. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I don't know. It's Jack is is uh, still saving and he's still doing his thing. But I do love the scene that we get of him on the bridge because um, I think he just he just found out that 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 Locke is dead. We don't know that as the audience, but now looking back at it retroactively the man of si- the man of faith had killed himself or or is or is dead we don't know if he uh, jack doesn't know the circumstance behind his death he just knows that he's dead which means that he like now he's now he's willing to end his own life i mean i don't think it's because of the whole man of faith man of science thing but i do think it was kind of fun and yeah, i guess you could see it maybe as possibly poetic if if he did go that route, I mean, of course, we know the show won't let him do that. I think it's because Jack realized he was supposed to go back and he thought that he would never get the chance anymore. So now his life was robbed from purpose and decided that it had to end. Ah, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Because um, he's killing himself anyway right at this point in the story like he's doing he's drinking pills i mean drinking pills. yeah no he was straight drinking pills out of that bottle yeah pretty much yeah. he's killing himself slowly <laughs> <laughs> i love this so much i want us to do every podcast is either gonna be one of the best or the one that no one can stand to listen to I'm going to assume the former, because yeah. like, bu- I'm going to be bumping this in my work van at some point. <laughs> I'm going to make it as loud as possible. And uh, listeners, if any of you want to remix any of Chad's uh, lines from tonight, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Give me a hot beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Jack is, is contemplating end it all, ending it all, but yeah. ends up uh, not because of this accident. But I think, like, when we see him crying and being really affected by this death and then thinking about how, oh, yeah, he's missed his chance to go back and all this stuff, like Chad was saying, like, this is all stuff that we're able to put onto it because we know who Jeremy Bentham is and what all of this means, which I think gives this moment a lot more weight to it than if we were watching it in regular order. 
because we would just be like, why is he crying so much? What's up with that newspaper? If we had seen it in regular order, we might not even know that that newspaper was an obituary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and if uh, Jeremy Bentham was the fake name Lockhead, like, what did that obituary say? Yeah, he was survived by, like, three cats or something. No, he, he was just in, like, a maybe crappy... Maybe it was a whole false identity. <laughs> maybe, maybe Jack just, like, found, like, some obituary and scrawled in the name Jeremy Bentham. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. But it'd be... Yeah, that is a strange thing. What would that obituary say? Because there's no one to ask about Jeremy Bentham. Nobody knew him. Yeah. Like, the only person that knew you was the guy that was driving you, and he's dead. Yeah. You know? I guess Ben, technically, is the only person who would have known. Ben, Ben before he left. Ben probably yeah. wrote a whole fake obituary. <laughs> he mentioned that Jeremy Bentham was survived by his most beloved son, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to make him feel guilty, because Ben's a manipulator. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that coming from Ben. Like, yeah, it, Ben is just like, you know what, I spend so much time on this island reading, you know, and, you know, being a part of book club or whatever. I guess I'm going to... Uh, oh, do we even consider that? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob's no. book club. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he just goes like, I, I could be a writer. I'll write an obituary for Jeremy Bentham. Is there a name for people who write obituaries? Obituarians? Obituarians? I just made that up. Hmm. Obituous is my guess. <laughs> well, yeah, that is, a, that is a strange title to hold. Like, I'm the person... That... I know they write them in obituariums. What is an obituarium defined? It's like a place where you write obituaries. Oh, crap. It's kind of like an aquarium. <laughs> like, or maybe... When you're writing obituaries underwater. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the age of obituaries, no? <laughs> we can cut that right the fuck out. We can cut that right out of this podcast. You know what? You guys did not react, and you guys are right to not react, because that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> But you guys get it. I'm charming on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah. So you guys will you guys will put up with me. But um, oh man, I really there's a there's, there's heavy subtext throughout this episode, which I always love when they yeah, yeah. when they throw it in. Are you talking about Bonnie and the other girl Greta? Because oh. I totally thought I saw some lesbian subtext. <laughs> well, let's get let's get into that first. I, um, okay, so they were they were. Everybody was told that they were in Canada on assignment, but they're in the Looking Glass right. station, which yeah, is and Canada at that time had gay marriage, and the U.S. did not. Really? Yeah. Oh, they're forward thinking. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, interesting. Well, the show is very progressive. If you if you're looking for that, because like we just saw in like a, an episode that we already covered, there's like. A couple of uh, survivors in the background, like, they're men kind of embracing. You guys oh, remember? yeah, they're holding hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Mr. Friendly is super friendly with guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do love that the show was putting this out. Because, like, by this time, in this climate, I think um, gay rights was still important. But um, I, I think there started to be more of an awareness and more of a... I don't know if okay, I I can't say as a representative of that of that group, but it seemed like there was like a lot of stuff on the air around that time. There was like Will and Grace and 
DL word. DL word. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Chad. Yeah. Like if I just said Will and Grace and dropped it. <laughs> queer as folk. Yeah. Yeah. Queer as folk. Even like they had like Bravo shows, which is like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and no. something like that. Or the whole Bravo channel, I think, is right. very gay friendly. Also, when did Loco get found? Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there another No, channel? Bravo's also pretty oh, okay. gay. There's also... Oh, I was going to say Twink, but I think that's a fictional <laughs> network on Dirty Rock. <laughs> the Twink Network. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I and I, I'm not saying that to be offensive. That's what they called it on 30 Rock. Was, wow. I think it was called the Twink Network or something <laughs> like that. Oh, we're going to have to cut out some. Oh, David is going to have to cut out some. Man, making so much work for me. David's like, oh, fuck that. I'm keeping all of this yeah. in. Everybody will know you as David the. Uh, going to edit shit. <laughs> you will be known louder. as the bigot you are, AJ. <laughs> um, man, uh, we. we do we uh chad actually addressed this and while we were watching the show but we do get some foreshadowing on saeed where saeed actually offers up i'm willing to give my life if it means that everybody else on the island gets rescued now uh it's kind of fun because he made it off the island and most of those other people do not that's right but what was important about that is that people who would remember that line going into the next episode would be, holy shit, Saeed actually did give up his life. Oh no, they were just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Three shots into the sand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else to say? Yeah, I guess that, that line pretty much covers it. I did want to talk about Bernard's nervous glance. And this is kind of going back to the whole subtext thing that the show is kind of heavy with this one or um uh he gives rose a hug goodbye before they set out on this plan where uh you know he's an integral part and um but he he gives after he hugs her the the camera pans to where bernard's face is and he's got his face over rose's shoulder but he has this look of deep concern where uh, this is after he is made to recite to his wife what the wife told him to say which is like <laughs> i am a dentist and i'm not rambo yeah, probably that could be a t-shirt. <laughs> I am a dentist. I am not Rambo. <laughs> oh, my God. Can somebody, like, can you put that in a clip? Because I, I want that as a ringtone. I'm not, it, <laughs> yeah. it's weird because I really do. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut it out and send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Yeah. Send that and, like, the fucking Mother Teresa clip. <laughs> I'll take both of those. Yeah, this, they have this whole plan at the beach where they're going to have gin... Bernard and Saeed stay back and hide with guns and hide hide dynamite next to fake people sleeping in tents and then blow up the others when they come for them. It was, it was weird because it's like, uh, I don't know why they chose like the two husbands that are left in the in the group. And then Saeed, who was, yeah, he was, in the, he was in the Iraqi army, so he probably knows how to shoot a gun. They put Saeed there because he's good with weapons. But I believe that Jack actually mentioned that the husbands would be the most motivated to make sure that the plan works. Oh, I missed that line. Right, yeah. That was that line that they're the most motivated. And I think they had mentioned that uh, that Bernard and, and Jen were good shots, mm. which isn't the case. I was so ready for... <laughs> Bernard to drop the ball. Like, after that, that nervous glance, I thought he was going to fuck it up. But it was actually Jim. It was actually Jim. But in his defense, he had a handgun. Whereas 
Uh, Bernard had a shotgun, so Bernard really couldn't have missed, <laughs> and if he did, well, fuck him. <laughs> yeah, like, Bernard is, I don't know, it, it's interesting. Yeah. Bernard is also kind of a, no, nah, I shouldn't say flawed, but he's a reasonable person to want to try and dig out or leave. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm sorry, go he, ahead. He's a dentist, he's not Rambo, like you said. <laughs> If any of us were in a similar situation, we would probably also try to flee. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's that's probably like a smart idea. Like the plan didn't come off, you know, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't go forward un, un, unhitched. There was a hitch in it, which is one of the things that didn't explode, one of the stacks of dynamite. Um, but yeah, like he ends up running away. Is there any, is there any, um, any tie into any like, Morality tale or anything that you think they might be retreading with that? Let he who has not been able to blow up dynamite with a handgun be the first one to run away. <laughs> okay, I'll offer up this because uh, you mentioned that, and that kind of that kind of in- invokes. It's Jesus time. <laughs> <laughs> that invokes that invokes some some whatever some Bible stuff, but um, in like in the Bible. And I haven't got a chance to say this on any of the recent podcasts that we've done. But in the Bible, there is uh, there is many apostles. There is an apostle Peter, I believe, um, who that ends up like um, who declares to Jesus, like when Jesus says, "Okay, um, I'm going away." This is before he gets taken away by the guards for for his his death. But um, right before he leaves, Jesus tells Peter, he says, "Okay, so this is what's going to happen. You're going to deny me like three times, in this, and then a uh, cock is going to crawl." Um, and Peter keep saying to Jesus, no, I won't deny you, Lord. You know, I'm going to be there, you know, yeah, I'm right or die for you, Jesus. But then like what happens is um, when, when like the, the Sadducees and a few of the other, you know, uh, higher up Jews come to take him over to like, to the Romans, like uh, he ends up like somebody says like, Hey, weren't you with that Jesus of Nazarene guy? And like Peter denies him three times and a crock crows. And then he like runs off and, and, and cries up, which I don't know. That, that's, that's weird. It's, yeah. It's not a, it's not a, one to one, but it feels like that imagery kind of holds a little bit, or I might just be putting my own shit on it, like I usually do. But, <laughs> but it is kind of interesting to see Bernard yeah. taking off because, like, you know, he's he's supposed to be motivated. He's a husband. He's supposed to be the guy that's that's like he's gonna die with the plan if the plan doesn't go off. But, um, but no, and that's fine because he's human. You know, like, I think any human under that kind of stress, like, oh crap, my my life is in jeopardy, and my plan didn't go according you know accordingly so i'm just gonna run off here yeah and he could have just been trying to like get out into the woods so he can go do some sort of flanking maneuver oh. and save everybody before he got clotheslined by <laughs> like the hero <laughs> that they said he was yeah or wasn't supposed to be <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that would make sense yeah yeah but they said uh when, when tom friendly and the rest of the others they they kind of reconned the the beach camp and they're reporting to ben like uh, well, no, they're not even reporting to Ben. They're just to each other because they turn their radios off for radio silence. They say, oh, three, three of the tents were marked with white coral. Like, Chad, what do you think that could possibly denote? They said that Juliet did her job. Mm. She was supposed to be a double agent infiltrating the plane people in order to set them up for the others to take over. The others aren't interested in murder, seems like. No? No, they just want to stop them from leaving the island. At one point, um, I don't know if anybody remembers, uh, 
what is what is the the man who Juli- uh, Juliet is having an affair earlier? Goodwin. Goodwin, like because Goodwin is actually so. There's there's a scene where Ben and uh, Juliet are having dinner, that weird creepy dinner that he invited her to, and he says, "Oh, Goodwin thinks that Anna Lucia could be a good addition to our group." Um, I don't see it, but he he thinks that she could be. So I guess they're recruiting too. But what is the purpose in these folks recruiting like why would ben need to recruit um people even these crash survivors i'm not too i'm not too keen on that because they have others and they have to you know have more others and i think that we talked about how they have been able to have a baby on the island for a while so also skills you want to get people that have different skills yeah Yeah. that's how you survive i suppose i mean yeah, okay. If like if they had all that information, which I guess Ben was able to get, like after Goodwin was embedded in that, he probably was able to get some names and with those names Ben could like do his research thing and find out she was a cop or something. I was like, Oh good, we can have like a it'd be good to have an ex cop with us. Also, just based on the filmography of Michelle Rodriguez, <laughs> I would say that her character is probably a little bit ruthless, and that seems to be something that would serve her well as another. Yeah, I, okay, I guess. Yeah, I guess I could see that happening. And here's yeah. one thing I felt like they they missed an opportunity with it was they had they had Charlie in that um, uh, they're holding him in the in the Looking Glass station, and um, Bonnie and them say like, oh, like we've we've got one of them. Like I was always hoping for her to say like we got one of them. Like called charlie the other <laughs> like because that would effectively be what it is right like they're others to them oh yeah maybe they call the others who aren't others them yeah i think that's <laughs> i think that's what it's shaking out to be is like they'll refer to them as them and then our the losties refer to the others as the others <laughs> okay Okay. Well, I, I, I think that's what that. we've seen this so far. This show was super creative with pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were using like Zim and Zer like back in the early 2000s. <laughs> they, they they cut all that out, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 one thing that I made that I made at a point to note was that Bonnie called him. Yeah, you're one of them. Like yeah, he's one of them. Like what? Okay. Which one of them are you? <laughs> oh, well, Charlie's down there. He. uh he has sort of a flashback to Desmond telling him, oh, yeah, there's going to be a, a room with equipment and a flashing yellow light. You're going to flip the switch then you're going to drown. Yeah. Yeah. We get that. I guess it's you said it was a flashback. Yeah. To yeah. Desmond telling him that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What do you make of that, Chad? A flashback to a prophetic flash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how does that make you feel knowing that happened? There's a flashback to a prophetic flash. This show trucks in a lot of different ways to tell time and different storytelling <laughs> techniques. All kinds of things that are out of order. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that there's that's that's it. Yeah. And Charlie does this whole time he's tied to a chair and getting beaten up, he's he's very confident. He really trusts what Desmond's saying. Cause he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to turn that light off. I'm like, that's going to happen. And I'm like, oh, do you know the code? He's like, ah, I guess I don't need it. I'm going to turn that light off. <laughs> you know what? And that confidence kind of throws throws the, the yeah. two of the guards for like for like a like a loop. Like, Scott, like, I want to I really I really want to hurt this man because he seems very confident <laughs> and his confidence seems misplaced. Yeah. Like he's tied to a chair unless we don't know something which 
which is very unsettling when you have like when you have someone in your possession as like an enemy combatant and they're just like cool as a cucumber like charlie is just he had zero fucks to give at this point yeah. he's like yeah well my life is gonna end i'm aware <laughs> of it are you guys aware of it no then guess what i've got the upper hand <laughs> tied to this chair one of my hands no. anyway <laughs> probably both yeah <laughs> we get a we get our first glimpse of the ex-wife that we just heard about in like oh, um, the yeah. last episode sarah yeah i totally forgot that she was a thing yeah but um we do get a chance to see her she pops up for like a little bit apparently she's moved on with her life when she's pregnant well pregnant that's the important part <laughs> way to bury the lead sorry <laughs> all right okay so this is an ongoing debate on this show David, what do you think is going on here? Well, it's because we know in the Flash Sideways, Jack has a child named David. And we haven't been able to locate this child yet. And it's a weird because everyone else, everything else that happens in the Flash Sideways is, is connected to the real world. Everyone that's there was a real person, with the ex- sole exception of this one kid. So David has to have existed in their world at some point. And we know we that... We don't know that everyone <laughs> was real. We just know that most of them were because we're exposed to them as characters on this show. Well, then why wouldn't they just use an existing character to kind of fill that role? An existing (laughs) unborn child. Yeah. This is that existing unborn child in Sarah's belly. Okay. I was was looking up something online. (laughs) The Jack's ex-wife's name is Sarah. Yeah. Right? So if she had a son... If you're following this, if you're following, if you're tracking this, <laughs> if you're tracking this, uh, her name is Sarah. In the Bible, there is a Sarah who is the wife of Abraham. Um, but the whole thing with, with that whole Bible story is that Abraham and, and Sarah are supposed to conceive a child. But the thing between the two of them is that they're they're way past the age of conception. She was too old and he was too old. But um, supposedly the Bible telling of it goes on to say that she ends up having a child and i was thinking like oh what's that child's name i forgot what the name was that <laughs> if it's david then we might have something here but did you look it up i did and the name of the child is isaac oh so abraham's son is isaac david isaac <laughs> <laughs> what if his middle name was isaac yeah. david isaac he just went by isaac yeah yeah or he just went by david like his middle name was david his first name was isaac <laughs> shepherd but yeah, oh, okay. If, if, yeah. There, if there was that connection, I would be like, oh, check it out, you guys, Bible tie-in. But so no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know the show does all that crazy shit with names. I, I'm assuming there's a bunch of other names that we've heard that come from other other religious texts. But I, I just know like the names, or well, even not even just religious. A lot of it is literary. You know, we got our. We got our uh, Jeremy Bentham, which is actually a person in history. We have our John Locke, which is a philosopher mentioned nicely by um, by our uh, oh Nick god, Murray. god damn it, Nick Murray. I just forgot Nick. Nick, I forgot your first name. Please <laughs> forgive me. Because he's got two you first names. Just call him Murray. I wanted to call him Murray, but then he changed his name on like on on Twitter to like something <laughs> else, and then like I, my brain got jumbled for like a hot second. It's because Christmas has already passed. Because prior to that, his name was Have a Murray Christmas. That's right, right. And my mind was all like, I know it has something to do with Christmas. Like, no, it doesn't. It's Nick Murray. <laughs> um, you can't see it, Nick, but I'm pouring one out for you. My 40 is hitting the ground. 
And uh, we're a couple of steps yeah, lower. You're making a mess in my Studio. bedroom. Sorry, sorry. It's it's necessary. You, you get it. He's gotta do it for the homies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's no fun if the uh, if the homies can't get none. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, I'm, you're just, I'm just going to have you come with me everywhere. We're going to go to the store together and we're going to like pick out like carrots and, and potatoes and I'm just going to have you name all the items that's going into the cart. I'm going to name them all Super Nintendo Chalk. <laughs> uh, and a Super Nintendo, I'm going to, that'll be great. Just have you say Super Nintendo Charmers whenever, whenever the mood strikes nah. for yourself. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, uh, so we, we kind of got off a little bit, but Sarah pops up. It's kind of in a, uh, it's a little of an emotional time. She sees that she's not in a relationship with Jack and she doesn't have any real dealings with Jack, but you can see that this is her ex-husband and I'm sure she still has a, a way she feels about it. When she sees him there, um, after this accident, he does not look right. Like he does not look well. Mm. Uh, he doesn't look healthy because he's, he's, you know, he's doing whatever he's doing. Yeah, he's drunk and high in pills and <laughs> yeah. just try to kill himself. Yeah, like homeboy is like in a state of like perpetual highness. Yeah. Like, uh, he's like, got a nasty cut on his forehead for yeah. some reason. Yeah, yeah. Why? Oh, I guess because he's pulling people from uh, wreckage and stuff, but still. You know, like, here's like, oh, well, we can't show him, like, you can't convey that he smells like a burning car. So <laughs> we'll just, we'll give him like a <laughs> something, some weird stitch to like undo. Yeah. Which is kind of yeah. And she showed up, Sarah showed up there at the hospital because she's still listed as his emergency contact, which I don't know if that's how that would work if everyone thought he was dead for three months. Mm, yeah. They probably would have thrown all of that kind of paperwork out. Yeah, that's true. That's, uh... Maybe he actually had it updated and they threw away the updated uh, version. That would make yeah, sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And plus, like, he works at a hospital, right? Like, well, yeah, yeah, it's not, I guess, yeah. Where would they keep your emergency contact know. files? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's probably something to do with his insurance. I assume that it would be with the rest of your personnel files. So, like, they knew that, like, he had his tonsils out and his, like, uh, his emergency contact was. I think that medical records and personnel files are slightly different. <laughs> oh, you said personnel files. Okay. Yeah. okay. But when you work in a hospital, they are technically medical records, I, I guess, think. Right? Because, I don't know. I don't know. I've never worked in a hospital. <laughs> oh, this is bringing me so much joy. We got to do every episode with this microphone. I think our listeners, I don't know how you guys would feel about it. Yeah. I hope you're in love with it like I am. Because I am. Yes or no. <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll count up the votes. Are we going to do this as some kind of an anniversary thing? Probably we Mouse should. Awareness Day and Robot Voice Day. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody knows that Robot Voice Day comes a few weeks after. Yeah, two weeks after. Mouse Awareness Day. <laughs> like Jesus rising from the grave. <laughs> wait, wait, say, say Bible story. Bible story. N- now say it again, but add a little sexy to it. Bible story. All right, say it one more time, but add like a playful hint of like, you can't get me, but I still want to play footsie with you a little bit, but in song form. Bible story.
That was perfect. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Can we talk about Ben's hubris for, like, a second? Yeah. Like, Ben has wicked hubris. Like, he... Um, there's something that he says to me, Kyle, towards the end, or it's something along the line. Oh, yeah. It's... It's like, uh, okay, I'm going to need, I made a mistake. I made a mess. I need you to help me clean it, clean it up by killing everybody in that looking station, which is, um, well, I don't know. I, hubris is the wrong word, but it's a bad political move, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. it set this precedent that like the life of, of your own people is not worth too much. And it, it sets it for Mikhail, who, um, they paint as being a loyalist. And that's what Mike, mm-hmm. uh, that's what Ben calls him. He calls Mikhail a loyalist, meaning, you know, he's, he's loyal to a fault, maybe. But, but, um, like, if you were, if you were assigned to kill your own people and you do it out of loyalty, like, how are you really going to trust Ben? And I know Mikhail kind of questions Ben before he, he carries out his, his assignment, but, but that's a that's a weird thing. That's a weird political move, especially for where Ben is. You know, he's like one of the top guys, but he's ex- he's ordering the execution of his own people, which is similar if like Jack was telling someone to off like you know Hurley and Saeed or something. It was like that first scene from The Dark Knight. Which oh the, the one bank scene where all of the Joker's henchmen kill each other. Oh okay, and mm. in this case, it's because Ben is just someone that operates without a conscience sure (laughs) i think in this scene ben talks about how they have to keep uh keep the island protected by any means necessary so if that means he has to sacrifice some of his people for the good of the island if that's really what he feels like he's doing that's that's his reasoning for it it's like this is what needs to happen for them to keep these freighter folk off I see. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd, I'd buy that. Also, the thing about calling him a loyalist, maybe it's not that Mikhail is loyal to Ben. Maybe Mikhail is loyal to the island. Yeah, that would make more sense. And we know that, that Ben was carrying out the duties of, uh, mm-hmm. of being the... Of being the... <laughs> you said duty. <laughs> well, he's, he's carrying out the duties of his island protector. But um, we know already that Ben's never seen Jacob. He says as much during that scene that he has with Jacob uh, in the final season. Mm-hmm. But so like so he's essentially based on that he's lying to his people he's never spoke with jacob but he says that he's doing everything um because he was assigned to it by jacob even though he hasn't seen jacob is it possible that jacob was somehow still communicating with him uh what yeah. well i mean he's got guess. he's got ricardus as like his messenger that's right and there's talk about notes getting passed back and forth kind of in some way i you know notes but so something it, that that also is strange, and maybe it's just where we're at in the seasons. But even in Rich, the scenes that Richard has in this episode, it's mostly him saying, "Oh, um, okay, yeah." So, because um, doesn't he do, doesn't he have a direct line to Jacob? I'm assuming he does, right, uh, Richard? I don't know about direct line, but I mean, he can go try to talk to him. Go over to the go over to the statue and knock on the door. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Didn't Richard say that he knows where Jacob is, but Jacob only accepts visitors when he asks for them? So he yeah. could go and knock on the door, but Jacob might not answer. That's true. And plus, too, Jacob 
from what we know of him, he's like this. He he's kind of this everyman, right? He can bounce off the island, bounce back on it, speaks multiple languages, all this stuff. So yeah, just like an everyman, like an everyman, good old <laughs> Jacob the everyman. <laughs> anyway, so like that also. Uh, yeah, I guess we cons- we considered this on the um, a couple podcasts ago, where like it, it's not a, I mean, it might not be like a tangible place. Even the even the spot that he's at, where he, we find him on the loom in the base of that statue, like I don't know. Well, but that, but then again, that would make whatever was said by Jacob's protectors, which is like Ilana and, and um, a few of the others that get killed by the smoke monster, right? Or um, where they said, okay, what lies in the shadow of the statue? Mm-hmm. And I guess the answer is supposed to be Jacob. The answer is uh. He that will save us, I believe, we figured out. In oh, Latin. that's right. Yeah. And that's a Latin translation, right? Yeah. I see. So, was that a reference to Jacob? He that will save us? Well, I mean, he lives under a statue and is I see. like okay. a, yeah. a savior type person for them. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're all just learning together. Yeah. Everybody. You guys are learning with us and we're <laughs> Did Jacob actually save them? Save uh no, most of them die yeah yeah they all it seems like n- none of the life none of the lives of uh, of any of these people whether they be freighter folk um oceanic 815 whether they be part of the others which is ben's group none of them as individuals really matter in the and in, in the story of the island because the island just needs to be protected and it you know um death be damned you know like everybody mm. everybody that takes on that that responsibility ends up dying uh, it just to support whatever the island um well to support the island and its light or whatever so i think that's 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 a that's a kind of a glib look at uh, how they you know how the island is you know what i mean like i don't know if there's any i know there's more to it but mm. uh, this island is just uh, it's just swarming with death but none of that matters as long as you know the 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 caretakers of it continue to protect the island. <laughs> yeah. by any means necessary <laughs> murder deception duplicitousness whatever yeah lies deception yeah um poor color knows the truth <laughs> and uh, jacob we trust yes uh he, he has a map to the uh the radio tower <laughs> that just has a, a picture of a radio tower <laughs> on it like yeah. that's the only thing marked on the map yeah, i gets... think there were also some trees <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was like it looked like the inside cover of a of a of a Tolkien book or yeah. something. Like it just looked like a map. less mountains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's zero mountains <laughs> and like less like you know description of where everything is. It's like this is the radio tower and this is where we at uh, where we're at probably somewhere on here. Yeah, yeah that was a draw weird some ass straight thing. lines because that's how we all travel through the jungle here on this <laughs> island. It's almost. That's what the others needed. They had to find a cartographer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they needed, they seriously needed a cartographer on the island. Like, that kind of, the show has some weirdness at maps. Because during our live episode that we did at, at On King, I believe in that episode, Locke has a map, right? And that map yeah. is, like, super shitty. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think it's the, it's the, it's a submarine map or something like that. Or it's a, it's a map somewhere. It's where someone's like, boat. That's yeah. right, but it looks super shitty, like a third grader drew it. Yeah, it's like, just here's a picture of a coastline with a tree on it, and then up, <laughs> up where it's labeled boat at the bottom. In addition to the others needing a cartographer, so did the actual people working on this fucking show. <laughs> oh, man. There is a... There's, there's a scene that happened in the last episode that we covered where... um. 
where Jack is talking to the the new chief of surgery, I think, um, mm-hmm. and and he's kind of speaking with him, and the guy says, "Oh, the surgery went off without a hitch." But um, did he say that Jack did the surgery in the last episode? Because this episode, they said that another doctor is scheduled to do the surgery on that woman he pulled from the wreckage, right? Yeah. But it seemed like he said, like, oh, yeah, also, um, good job on on the surgery. Because, like, he said that Jack performed. I thought he, I thought he I said Jack. I thought he said that. No? Uh, I think he caught Jack looking at the chart again. Oh. And that was just Jack being high or whatever. What was his yeah. whole imp- reason for being there? Was it just? He feels really guilty about. Um, this lady probably being crippled for the rest of her life. I see. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, oh, okay. I must, have, must, I must have misread that scene then. Because yeah, for some reason I thought... Also, was... Jack needs to protect people. Yeah. 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 Like his need, like this this urge to, to save and protect. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's just because he can't fix what's wrong with himself. So it's easier to go and fix uh, other people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's... It's pretty much Jack in a nutshell. nutshell. You've been pop psychology, sir. Yeah. Speaking of pop psychology, I want to talk a little bit about Sawyer. He says a lot of mean things to people in this episode. I think that he deliberately tries to push people away by saying hurtful things. <laughs> yeah i mean jack even calls it out when um he's talking to kate and she's like oh he said that he didn't he didn't want me to come or whatever yeah and, yeah and jack says hey sawyer has just said that so that you would wouldn't go with him and also i love you <laughs> yeah yeah this fucking show <laughs> <laughs> that should be our outro that should be our new outro at the end he does give her the i love you speech which she comes at a weird time, but I don't know. Is there any, any, any ever a good By time? By a weird time, do you mean right after he kissed another woman? <laughs> right in front of her? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she kissed him, which is a point of, like, controversy. I don't know what controversy, but it's a point of contrition. What's the word? Contention. Contention. Yeah. There we go. Thank you, sir. Like, it's a point of contention because in, in, in a future episode, which happens a season later, which is probably... I don't know what six, eight, maybe ten months from that that episode airing or something like that. No. They they get that like, which is like they they just go like, yeah, he kissed me. And I guess if you're watching the show all the way through, you're just like, you know, your brain doesn't remember that. Like maybe not the specific details, but she kissed him. She leaned in and kissed him. Yeah, right in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, she kissed him to prove that he loved Kate, which yeah. happens apparently. Which I guess that's what that's she says. That's what she did the next time. Yeah. 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 Also, they had all four corners of the love rectangle <laughs> standing around each other in this episode, just looking at each other, giving significant glances. And I threw my hands in the air and said, This fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that it does get grating. I think at this point, I'm kind of just like I, I just gloss over that those scenes, but it is so annoying. A lot and of it. it's only gonna get worse. Oh yeah, yeah, it's gonna get super intense. There's gonna be yeah. a sex scene at some point that we have yet to see. In yeah. the bone zone. <laughs> <laughs> you know that cave 
with the bones. Yeah. So they, I don't think they were setting this up, but we know that Saeed ha- gets taken over by this darkness, according to um, you know some of the folks at the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, the conversation that Kate has with Sawyer, we don't know what video he's seen at this point, I don't think. But um, she says, yeah, since you know, you've been kind of walking around like a zombie, it almost seems like he's kind of infected with this evil. No? Or I might just be like... Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, like I said last week, he was, he did some dark stuff. Well, he, he executed Tom Friendly. Yeah, yeah. And Tom Friendly just got marked by, yeah. by Sawyer. And in this episode, he's mean to Kate, and he's mean to Hurley when Hurley tries to tag along. Yeah. Like, he's just, he's on a downward slope, if not anything else. But the difference is that when Saeed was infected by the darkness, he didn't get mean, he got <laughs> cold. That's Everybody reacts differently to the darkness, I guess. <laughs> it's what happens when you're not down with the sickness. Ooh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That was like some uh, sick cheese shit right there. Yeah. Well, but better. Um, no one's better than Richard Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when Kate's talking to, to Sawyer, she mentions how uh, how Juliet was there to check on uh, Son's pregnancy and to see if Kate was pregnant. So she drops the, the pregnancy question mark in this episode that we don't... She kind of does it in a shitty way. Yeah. No? Like, my, my, my opinion of it is that, like, uh, she's talking to, to Sawyer, who's... Who is obviously going through something. She doesn't know what it is. But she knows that he's not in a good place in, in this particular moment. Um, I, so I don't know what her motivation was like um, with that information. Because I don't think she was confirmed as to be pregnant uh, or not or whatever. She I don't know if she was sure or maybe she was unsure. But like she is... Yeah, I mean, she tells them, I think, probably the next time they see each other. Like when they're together in New Otherton and spend mm. the night together. That she's not pregnant. So it's only a couple of days later. Uh, so I, I think at this point she knows that she's not pregnant. And she's just saying this to make him feel bad. Yeah. What is the purpose of I that? I think that she's just trying to get a reaction out of him. Hmm. Oh, because he's been so mopey or whatever. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I suppose so. Is there anything else that, that, that we haven't covered about Sawyer in this episode? Or anything important? No, just him and uh, Juliet kind of start having their the seeds of their their romance together. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, so having the first the first time that we've seen, anyways, of them uh, spending time on their own until Hurley shows up. Yeah, he starts asking her uh, a really point blank blunt yeah. question: "Are you bone in the dock yet?" The, what was her response? I don't even remember. Are you? Are you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I legitly forgot that punchline. Nah. Well, that, was, that was funny. That was great. Let's talk about Charlie swimming. Uh, uh, we don't get it this episode, but um, we see Desmond wake up and it looks like he's been knocked unconscious and he's in that boat. Um, and he has a note in his pocket. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't even catch that. I must have missed that. I yeah, he's got a note in his pocket. He doesn't even read it. He just checks to see that it's there and puts <laughs> it back. It's like a it's like a value letter from Charlie. He's like, I got it. But um, but the point that I was trying to make is Desmond wakes up. He dives um into the ocean to avoid bullet fire and ends up going into the looking glass but um i don't know this is kind of fun and i don't know why i didn't see this before but it seems like there is a a lot of times for these finales 
um, there's always a descent. Like one character or multiple characters are descending into a place. In this case, they're descending into the the looking glass station, which is underwater. Um, and like in some of the future finales, we see them descend into that that water well, which is the the placeholder for the light or whatever. And then like in season was it four or five the ending of season four where juliet gets murdered or killed and she gets pulled oh down. yes in five yeah so it seems like every finale they keep coming back to this theme or what i would recognize as a theme of like a descent which it might be like some storytelling stuff about you know like you have your character that descends into hell and does whatever and then comes back a hero mm. it's so. part of the hero's journey oh yeah. okay okay yeah that's some joseph campbell shit <laughs> I do love how they have it, but now thinking about it thematically, it, it does it does seem like um, it's not the same story, but it's a similar story. Repetitive. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a repetitive uh, thing that we see. Yeah, it's a motif. Yeah, they're always descending into some crazy thing to take on the big bad. Do you know what the difference is between a motif and a leap motif? Enlighten, enlighten us, please. Yeah. No, I was asking. <laughs> no, I'm not too sure. No. Between a motif and a and a leak motif. A leak motif. Leet with a T, <laughs> a like yeah. as in T pain. L three three T. Leet motif. It's like a regular motif, but like its hacks are way better. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's a sure. <laughs> I kind of feel like one of our shirts should actually say, that's a shirt. <laughs> oh my god, that would be the best. Like, uh, <laughs> we, should, we should just start a whole line of obvious shirts. Yeah. That a shirt. We do need to start a, a shirt shop. We're going to also start like a, that's a shorts shop. That's a shorts shop. That's a dress slack shop. <laughs> um, that is a uh that is a traditional samurai garb (laughs) (laughs) also i said samurai like a real like a real person that knows how to pronounce that yeah just like tom cruise (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the only thing i know the only thing i remember about that movie was like uh they even had like i don't know if there was like terrible slang for for people of japanese descent but in the beginning of the movie there was no weird terrible racist slang that that was existing i guess during the time frame of the movie so you just kept on saying japos <laughs> which is terrible because like he just says you want me to kill japos i'll kill japos and like that's that that's like in the movie that's something that tom cruise said I, i'm not saying it but tom cruise said it <laughs> Also, the other big problem with The Last Samurai is the fact that it was fucking dances with wolves, but with Japanese people. <laughs> right? Come on. All right. We're hip to you, Hollywood. Yeah. You know what you're doing. Not knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we came at you with like with like the demeanor and spirit of like a of an angry good dad. <laughs> so uh, before we start uh, wrapping up, I do want to bring up the last scene of the. This episode, it's Locke waking up in that that pit of dead people in that uh, mass grave, and he can't move his legs. And he sees Walt, like the ghost of the spirit of Walt, telling him he's got to get up. He's got work to do. And uh, I thought Walt was alive. 
He is. He is alive. Yeah. Is that a glaring plot hole? Because uh, I know we talk about plot holes, but yeah. is that a glaring one? I'd say, uh... It depends on who it was that was pretending to be Walt. Yeah. Well, we get the whispers. The, the caption pops up, right? Before it's Walt appears. Indistinct voices or something like that. Right, yeah. right. Did the whispers mean it was the man in black or actual ghosts? Well, the man in black can only imitate people that are dead. That's the rules of it. Walt wasn't dead. Right. Oh. I think we might find that Walt uh, plays by different rules than everyone else. Yeah, I think we might find that out. Ghost Walt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Walt learned to astral project like in Doctor Strange. <laughs> So Walt, he's a he's a little boy, and this is the third the end of the third season of this show. So it's like three years into it. So if he started the show when he was like ten, he'd be like thirteen now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think his voice must have changed because it seems it sounds like they artificially made his voice higher pitched really? when he was talking to Locke. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even catch that. I am just a small <laughs> child. That's gotta be. That's got to be kind of hard because, like, you're you're a kid on this show, and they're like, "Oh, we got to write you out because you don't fit in our yeah. timeline." It's only you, been two months, and you're you're like a million years old. old. Yeah. <laughs> you're a full grown adult. <laughs> like you shave and have taxes and everything. I don't know why. I don't know why I associate those two things with being an adult. No. <laughs> I started shaving while I was still in high school, and I didn't pay taxes until I was twenty five. <laughs> Uh, Not because you didn't have a job, but just because you were evading taxes. Yeah, you're on the on the run. I thought that I was sticking it to the man, <laughs> and then I realized that the man already had my taxes, and what I was avoiding was actually getting some of my money back. Yeah. Oh my god. At that age, you're probably not making a whole so much that you have to no, owe taxes. No, I would have gotten yeah. a full refund. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Because remember, kids, pay your taxes. Yeah, pay your taxes. Sometimes they pay you. Yeah. You get a refund. No, file your taxes. (laughs) You don't have to pay them. The government just straight up jacks you. That's true. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they pretty much do check you. Yeah, it's weird. It's like around tax season, you always get those weird like advertisements from like GameStop. Like, bring your tax refund in over here. Like, I don't want to blow all my money (laughs) buying all your weird expensive stuff. It's going to be, like, outdated in two days. Yeah, but if you do want to uh, spend your money more wisely, give it to us through our Patreon. <laughs> that, Please. Uh, might exist one day. Uh, it's coming, you guys. It's coming. Pay us some money on Patreon. Uh. We want to get a little bit of money for doing this. I don't know how much we're going to get. <laughs> But just every little bit helps. I know Patreon changed its rules recently, <laughs> and now you're kind of penalized for, for only giving very small amounts. So pay us a lot of money. Patreon.com. That's great. Yeah, and they they uh, retracted that change because of all of the negative reaction I had gotten. Oh, okay. all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any any anything you can donate would help. Um, if you can 
donate to our Patreon that does not exist currently. Mm-hmm. But it, it will, because that, uh, you know. Eventually. Our Patreon is on a mission to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to get gay married. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so Easter Egg Corner, real quick. Um, this is a Judy Chamness episode we see her a few times. Oh, uh, Rose tells Jack when he's, uh, after they see the uh, the plan on the beach has failed. She says, if you tell me uh, live together, die alone, I'm going to punch you in the face or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, let's see. Oh, and, and Charlie sings You All, Everybody, while he's tied to a chair. Popular drive sa- shaft yeah. song. Excellent. Yeah. Um, well, maybe we can get into talking about next week's episode. Yeah. Let's do it. So next week's episode. Charlie swims. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie most likely does swim. The title of the episode is called Greatest Hits. Ooh. It's a Charlie episode because it's a musical title. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, that'll be fun to see. We're also going to get some flashbacks. Mm. About Charlie's life. I don't know. Maybe. If it's a Charlie episode, then that's how we define who the episode's centered on is who the flashbacks are about, I think. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's, that's perfect. I guess that means we're drawing to a close, but before we do, please come and find us and find us on our various media sites. Uh, hold on, let me read out all of our social media. <laughs> and now you we have. You can find us on Facebook at WhatBroPod. You can find us on Twitter at WhatBroPod. And you can find us on Instagram at WhatBroPod. You can find AJ Nieves at uh, AJ003. <laughs> Thank you, Wogglebot. So close. It's anieves 3 on Twitter. <laughs> You're right there. You're, it, was, it was right there, but it's, it's it's a it's a weird one, yeah. Cause it's uh, yeah. It's just my DKJ comedy <laughs> Twitter. And Chad, where uh, Wogglebot? Excuse me. Where can we find you <laughs> and uh, the works of Chad Woggle? You can find links to all of my different social media presences on my website negativeone.net. <laughs> this is. This is literally my favorite episode. Yeah. I, I'm not even fucking around. <laughs> I'm spilled so much joy. Yeah, uh, and on that website, you can uh, find like when you're doing shows and stuff, and you'll have a little clip of you singing in the into the, the T-Pain microphone. What your show dates are? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what you should do. You should write it and post it to your website and say, "Sing this in a T-Pain voice." Yeah. All right. So yeah, send us any any tweets you send us this this week. We will read next week uh, when into a T-Pain microphone. Yeah. Or if you email it to us at what's up with that bro podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. And happy New Year's to everybody, yeah. to all of our listeners. This is a brand new year, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, it was probably a brand new year last week too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. We we save we save yeah. that for this episode. Well, this is our first show of the new year. Yeah, yeah. is it? Yeah, of the Western New Year. Yeah. Oh, well, there you there you have it. Yeah. Okay. I miscalculated. <laughs> I'm not a good robot. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, Wogglebot. We 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 bring you we bring you into the studio for your enchanting music and your your lovely voice. Your mathematics. My is... lovely dulcet tones. <laughs> Your mathematics is not on trial here. 
But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, perfect. So that'll yeah. take care of everything. So please stay tuned and continue to follow us on our various social media things. And, um, and yeah, thank you great... for listening, everybody. It's been a great year. Yeah. And 2018 is going to be even better. we got a bunch of stuff coming down the pike. So please. I, I just made that up. We don't have nothing coming down the pike. Yo, it's going to be the so same old stuff. Nope, it's going to be the same old. <laughs> you guys are beginning the same stuff you got from us before. But you know what? You don't come to us for new. You come to us for comfort. This is a comforting podcast that you can set your watch to, except for when one of us is, uh, you know, um, maybe entering Creep Corner or something. Yeah. Which or might be something trying to calculate of. the time but miscalculating it. <laughs> ah, sweet. Yeah. So please uh, come find us and, um, you know, shoot us a message. Well, I still haven't got any dog blouses from our last one. Oh, no, yeah. Let's get some of them dog blouses. Yeah. But thank you, folks. Please. Yeah. Well, that's another episode in the can. You know what to do. Get lost!